everyone, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular, everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and today we will be diving into The Crown Season 5, Episode 7, No Woman's Land, continuing on with this most recent season of The Crown. And joining me, as always, are my two co-hosts. First, our own wise monosyllabic owl, it's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, how are you? Good. Also back with us today, uh, a woman whose ideal first date is some vending machine snacks. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, which vending machine snacks will win their way to your heart? Oh, no. I didn't, like, think about this because I probably would have, like, a good answer. But, oh, man, what do we have in the vending machine in my high school? Wow, you're going back to your high school. Well, that's the last time I remember really using a vending machine because the only ones I can remember are the ones in Europe with Ivan and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the ones in my high yeah, school. We, we, we can tell you about the vending machines at the train station in Dusseldorf, if you'd like. Yeah, those were good ones, but I also don't remember what I got there either. Oh, man. Um, I, I've got an answer for this question. Okay, sure. Go. So, like, you can't get this at just any vending machine. It has to be a really good one. But those uh, TGI Fridays potato skins. Oh, wow. You can get those in a vending machine? Oh, it's happened. Wow. <laughs> I, I also remember at my high school, they had like a burrito vending machine, which to me, like, I don't know who would get a burrito at a vending machine. Do you have to heat it Wait. up after? No, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I think I've seen this before. Is this like one of those? Um, well, yeah, like I think they're usually refrigerated, right? Yeah. And okay. Yeah. And it's like that, that burrito called the bomb, that, that one that's just like a massive cheesy mess. Am, am I... Am I warm here? This sounds right. It, it just always, it was one thing when you could see the vending machines where like, you know, they would sell like Lunchables or like prepackaged turkey sandwiches. We're like, okay, I would get that cold anyways. Kind of makes sense. But the burrito. Wait, wait, like, Lunchables in a vending machine? Yeah. We also had that at a USC. So I guess I have seen vending machines since high school. This is some tablet oh. at the dentist type stuff. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. This is a fancy, like, uh, you know, liberal arts college vending machine. Oh, like, no, this, this is a, like... we have a football endowment <laughs> vending machine. Oh, right. But no, but this this has to be, we're, we're talking about, like, hospital tier vending machines here. Oh, I, I guess so. I mean, I never got a Lunchable, but it was definitely something I would see okay, while forget, trying to walk Forget about your fancy vending machine. That's not real. That was just a convenience store that's that was self-checkout <laughs> and automated. We're talking about, like, vending machine tier snacks. Yeah, I okay. thought the answer was going to be, like, Doritos or something. Well, okay, so I will say I love getting little bags of Chex Mix. And I, I do like those like those grandma cookies, but only the peanut butter flavor. Grandma, are those like famous Amos? What no, is, they're what is like big cookie? cookies. They're like soft, regular size cookies. Oh, yeah. Those are a vending machine staple. Like I don't think I've ever seen those anywhere other than a vending machine. That and 7-Eleven. That's it. I, only places I've ever seen those All right. in my well, life. Well, listeners, you've heard it here first. To win Carlin's heart, <laughs> checks Mix and Grandma checks Cookies. <laughs> That is what it will take. Um, all right. Before we dive into today's episode, uh, if you're new to the podcast, you should know that we are not historians. We're not royal family experts. We don't really uh, have very much context into what we're watching at all. We are kind of just watching this, trying to learn what happened, and uh, we're just going to go from there. So if you came here for any sort of factual clarity, this is not the podcast for you. And... Uh, Let's dive in. Ivan, can you give us a quick recap of Season 5, Episode 7 of The Crown, No Woman's Land? Absolutely. So, 
very Diana-centric episode. Uh, she was, uh, you know, front and center here in multiple storylines, really. Um, I guess the the smallest of which involved uh, Prince William starting his time at Eton College and uh, Diana feeling, you know, a, a sense of separation from him and uh, feeling like, oh, you know, my little boy's growing up and, uh, and moving out. Uh, so that's happening. Uh, and then meanwhile, the two kind of meteor storylines. Uh, the first involves a uh, journalist by the name of Martin Bashir, who works for a uh, BBC program, uh, who uses Diana's brother, uh, the Earl Spencer, uh, to kind of get access uh, to her uh, by uh, more or less fabricating uh, some kind of like dirty money that's been uh, kind of going into the private secretaries of both uh, Diana and her brother uh, to basically pay for leaks of information and wiretapping and all sorts of stuff. And uh, Martin Bashir uh, poses this theory that it's actually like British intelligence that's doing this and they're trying to spy on Diana to bring her down because she's threatening to bring down the system. Um, so Bashir is doing all of this to kind of get closer to her uh, with the end goal of uh, doing a televised interview with her, which is not something that she has granted any news agency yet. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Diana also uh, meets a surgeon, Dr. Hasnat Khan, uh, who kind of immediately she takes a liking to and she starts spending a lot of time in the uh, hospital where he works uh, until they kind of develop a budding relationship, uh, including a late night uh, vending machine snack date and then eventually seeing uh, the film Apollo 13 together. So yeah, uh, just lots going on for Diana here. Um, you know, a lot of storylines that I get the sense are kind of uh, – sort of kicking off, but uh, potentially being followed through in uh, subsequent episodes as we head into uh, this uh, later half of the season. So yeah, uh, episode seven, No Woman's Land. Thanks, Ivan. So we've officially moved past 1992. All right, we saw Apollo 13. That means we're in 1995 now. And uh, yeah, like you said, Ivan, this episode is all about Diana. Let's dive into it. I mean, we saw Diana, I think, She's been thinking that people have been listening to her phone calls for a while. I, I mean, it does. It definitely feels like there is somebody on the line listening. There are some very suspicious clicks. So, I mean, I don't. Th it seems like she's correct here. Although, I think with what everything that Martin Bashir does, it all seems fabric. It all seems like a lie, right? Like all of that stuff is made up. He's kind of just playing off of her fears, right? So. What we're saying here is that there is wiretapping going on, but Martin Bashir doesn't really know anything about the source of it and is just using it to kind of spring up his own theories. And it, it, yeah, it's probably not a spy agency. It's probably like tabloid journalists, if anyone. Maybe it's probably TMZ. Yeah. Like he really took it to a new level. Yeah. But Martin Bashir, so Martin Bashir, uh, I think we start the episode zooming in at him from across the library. He decides he thinks that uh so he reports for not the bbc but like a it seems like a bbc subsidiary called panorama and they're a specific segment of the bbc that is very focused on kind of like uh stories about national well-being very like respectable journalism and he's like let's do a story about diana and his boss is like this is just a tabloid and he's like i beg to differ and then he proceeds to what I feel is pretty unethical journalism, 
make up some financial documents, <laughs> lie about the credibility of them to get in with Diana's brother, Charles Spencer, then force his boss to vouch for him and his lies. Yeah, not a fan of this Martin guy, gotta <laughs> say. Uh, and, and so hold on, though, but what did you say that his boss says this is a tabloid? I mean, his boss, I think, isn't a fan of the story. His boss is like, this is kind of like celebrity gossip right. news. It doesn't really belong in the panorama. Right, because I think they, they're they doing like a real kind of like uh, in-depth feature, 60 minutes, yeah. like hourly program that, you know, does more of like feature journalism as opposed to news journalism. And, and this is like goes way beyond news uh, journalism to just kind of like, yeah, celebrity current affairs. Uh, but, you know, in Bashir's defense, like I think like, you know, whatever's going on with Diana currently in 1995 is really just, uh, you know, a means to kind of like doing a much more all-encompassing feature on her. Fun fact, Martin Bashir, played by Prasanna Puanajara, he has another film credit, in the 2013 film Diana, starring Naomi Watts, as Martin Bashir. Oh this is his God. second run as Martin Bashir. <laughs> well, I guess I know uh, what our first movie that we're going to be reviewing <laughs> is after the season. Oh, my God. Can you imagine being typecast as one guy? As Martin Bashir, and this is the guy. Too bad he wasn't in Spencer. I mean, now, it, like, did, did Apollo 13 make the short list? Along with Chariots of Fire. Did we, does Apollo 13 go in the Chariots of Fire category? It absolutely does. <laughs> they are irrelevant for our purposes. All right. But yeah, so we meet actually, I, I feel like this is the first time, not only have we seen Charles Spencer, that we heard that Diana even has a brother. This is new information, I feel like, in terms of the crown. Yeah, they, they really didn't tell us anything about her family, like, at all. What happened to her sister? How many siblings does she have? That was her sister, right? Well, I mean, how many siblings does she have? How many will appear <laughs> out of thin air later on? Also, is it Earl Spencer? Like, is that his name or his title? I think that's his title. Is it Earl of Spencer? Yeah. Earl of. Or Earl of Spencer. Yeah, his name is Charles, right? Yeah, you said his name was Charles. His name is Charles. I always wondered, like, if you have a, a an immediate family member with a name, does that, like... Should that <laughs> exclude all of your potential spousal partners in the future? See, here's what name. I feel bad about. Like, Charles is such a common name that, like, it would eliminate a lot of people. I mean, granted, there's a lot of people without the name Charles. But, like, in that circle where they have, like, like, if you think about the royal family, how many names do they have? Like, 10? <laughs> they, they use 10 names. I'm pretty sure the aristocracy <laughs> probably also only uses those 10 names. If, if you're marrying in your station, yeah. you're going to... You're going to be with someone who has your someone's name. Fair enough. She calls her brother Carlos, so that's fun. That's there a fun she, Spanish twist. She has <laughs> completely divorced him from her separate husband. I guess Charles, Prince Charles is still her husband. Yeah, I kind of wish that we had seen more of this relationship earlier because it seems like they haven't talked in two years. Uh, they seem to be very estranged. It seems like they blame each other for their lack of communication. Well, this is just what the show keeps doing, especially in the current season is just introduces these like long running like friendships and relationships that were completely off screen. And now we're just kind of getting caught up uh, just for the purpose of whatever storyline they want to do uh, this season in this episode. I, it's, it's 
it's annoying. When uh when I read the log line for this episode and it said that Diana was going to go to the hospital, I thought that we would once again have the opportunity to see her friend, her confidant, her best friend, who we saw a couple episodes ago, who we also saw as Prince William in the King Charles III movie. But uh, he did not show up at all. Different hospital, I guess. No, this is just her and her acupuncturist who <laughs> she's friends with, I guess. I guess. Yeah. The acupuncturist, I get that she's distracted, but like I heard an ow from Diana <laughs> when those needles were going in. I, I don't know if I would trust her as my acupuncturist. I imagine she's one of those people that like keeps, you know, people you have like appointments with for like years. So she's probably been with this woman for like, you know, like 10 years and like can't let her go now. Maybe she like got vetted by the royal family and it's just a big process to go through the vetting process of being the acupuncturist of the royal family. Well, so on this note, can we talk about the scene where she meets Dr. Khan? Yes. Where she's sitting with the uh, acupuncturists and, uh, you know, it's all in kind of the the lead up to surgery. And, you know, the acupuncturist, she is like just completely on edge and distraught about, you know, her partner and, uh, you know, the prospect of them not surviving the surgery and so forth. And Diana is just like, isn't he cute? That was such a weird scene. And I have a feeling that that was probably one. Do you remember that news story about how like Diana's real friends didn't like this season? I feel like that's why <laughs> it was yeah. just from that. Cause that was honestly more off putting than like any of the weird dramatic stuff that she does throughout the season so far. So it's kind of weird. It was a choice. It yeah. was a choice. She called him quite dishy, which is a new word for me. I did not know that word before. Did you look up what it means? <laughs> Yes, uh, the Oxford, <laughs> the Oxford Dictionary says sexually attractive. Oh, that is the definition. Yeah, definitely. Just like just <laughs> just say that about the man. <laughs> but but hold 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 on. That's implied. But like, is there like a more liter like more technical definition of it? Like, no, is that it is the definition. Like, oh, but it's not just like oh, he, the he, you know, they're a dish I could just eat up. No, it sounds like it's just slang for sexy. Yeah. And what is sexy specifically? His eyes and his hands. Oh, yeah. Okay, but this uh, this eventually leads to, I mean, not this directly, but Diana ends up spending more time at this hospital, just talking with the patients and the staff. Yeah, this seems to be something that brings her joy. She's not doing it for the press because there's no photographers. No one really knows that she's there. I mean, it's good that she's finding a way to, uh, a positive way to spend her time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, technically, like the idea of her even going to the hospital with her acupuncturist is like it should be like a really nice note that like these these whole all these scenes are and they are. But can you imagine you're like just sitting in the hospital? I don't know what you're in for. But all of a sudden, like Princess Diana, I guess it's kind of like how now celebrities come in like costumes for children. But I guess this is like the adult version where you're just visited by Princess Diana. The costume is yourself. We can't let Diana off the hook, though. Her thirst for Pakistani men is a little bit racist. No, that was, again, that <laughs> Very was cringe. so weird. <laughs> I guess, yeah, sure, yes. Wait, wait, hold on, though. When did we decide that she's into Pakistani men specifically? Oh, because she kept mentioning it. Oh, right. She's like, oh, if I could meet a nice, like, Pakistani man to marry. See, I thought you were talking about, like, Martin ba Bashir projecting oh, yeah. that. No, because yeah, remember when she was like, are you Pakistani? Pakistani, And then she was asking, like, what part of Pakistan? I was mentioning her trip to 
she was mentioning it a lot. It might have been because she was so into Dr. Khan. She was like, it's a sign from the universe that I'm going to be with him because I found another Pakistani man. Uh, that is not how I read it at all. Why did I, you I thought read it? it was- Oh, I thought it was just more like her being like, yeah, I visited Pakistan, so I know all about it. I'm, I'm an expert on your culture. Like that, that's the way I read it. And Bash, Bashir's takeaway, meanwhile, was just like, oh, yeah, she's really into Pakistani, man. I think she's into me. So the one other line that's, that I get Sam's insinuation is when she's with her acupuncture, she, uh, she's like just talking about him. One thing she says is like, he's probably Pakistani, which was kind of like, okay. But yeah, I feel like I also got it from the Bashir interaction where it's like he can like I feel like he makes it very clear in like their first comp like her first kind of like weird comment to him that like he's English. He grew up here. And then she continues to ask like, so what was your first language? <laughs> and he's like, English. So where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> but like, where are you from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on, Diana. Let's 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 not do this. But Bashir, <laughs> being a little shady, as we've sussed out, sees a way that he can benefit from this, and is like, you know what? She has a thing for Pakistani men. I can lean into this, talk about my otherness, and get her to commit to us publishing uh, her side of the story, rather than all the American news outlets who are very interested in uh in getting diana's story i thought that was an interesting twist that the only alternatives are american news networks Uh, do we have a sense of why diana has like turned down the american news networks thus far uh i did not based on this episode i had interpreted it as she didn't intend to do an interview at all and then kind of like bashir was the one who wore her down the most but but again, why not? I mean, she already did the book, you know, covertly, but nevertheless, she does have a desire to tell her story. Um, and especially, you know, following Charles's, uh, you know, interview, it seems strange that she hasn't jumped at the chance to do so. Here's the thing I don't, I want to know, and they don't give us. What has she said? And what is she still holding back that we don't know? Because that's my problem. It's like the suspense is gone because you don't know, like, maybe she has some bombshell that could really hurt the royal family more than the book did. But what is it? Yeah. Well, especially since we haven't, because, uh, like, the book, if I remember correctly, didn't, like, divulge anything about Charles's affair with Camilla. And it was really only as a result of, like, the leak of the tape and Charles's interview that the world even found out more about that affair. So... Like I'm guessing Diana has yet to speak publicly about it. Would make sense. Yeah. Um, The other issue that I have with Bashir, I have several issues with him. The other one that I have is that uh, he eventually convinces Diana to come uh, meet him in a shady garage. And he's basically like, yeah, you can't trust anybody. And he just continues to isolate her from anybody. He's like, don't trust your friends. They'll just talk on your behalf and sell out all of your secrets. Like, he's further, in addition to gaslighting, well, not gaslighting, but in addition to, like, falsifying documents to feed into her paranoia, he's also like, and don't tell anybody about your paranoia. Continue to deal with it on your own because you can't trust anybody. Right. Except for us, the BBC, (laughs) the makers of Mr. Bean. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, it's a bad situation, and... uh... Oh, Diana. And then she tries to talk to her son. And it's like, no, you need more outlets than the BBC and your like 13 year old son. 
Yeah. Well, I think we'll talk about William as well. But before we talk about William, we have a couple more Diana things I think we should talk about. First is her car. Some foreshadowing there. And Diana... (laughs) So Diana is driving to to her brother's house. And she's very, you know, upset at this point. She's kind of going a little bit too fast. On the way there, people recognize her in an adjacent car, start taking pictures of her. So she speeds away at the light, and then her brakes fail. That better have been real. (laughs) If not, that was some (laughs) clunky foreshadowing. (laughs) Pretty clunky foreshadowing. But yeah, Diana suspects that maybe, in addition to tapping into her phones, perhaps someone has also messed with the brakes of her car, or she just needs to take it in for service. Right. She she dismisses the conspiratorial nature very quickly. Well, here's the thing. What kind of car was it? Because um, Jaguars. <laughs> My mom has a Jaguar right now, and it's it several times things like that happen. So maybe it is just shoddy English car craftsmanship. Oh, wow. Way She's to bash fine. Jaguar on the podcast. That's one less sponsor we'll get, Carlin. The car's okay now, I guess. Wait, but she's had an issue with the brakes? Well, not the brakes. It was like... The um, it would constantly go into park while she was driving, which I guess is kind of like oh too many brakes. <laughs> wait, wait. So it it would just put down the brakes. Yeah, like while she was in intersections and stuff oh like that. Oh my god! <laughs> like wait, while uh, while she was stopped. No, no, while she was driving. Like while the car is in motion. Yes. And and your mother is still driving this car. <laughs> She, I think it's something like the Lemon Law is like you have to have like five problems. <laughs> She's only five had like three. Problems? What, what happens when she has five problems? Well, then they'll give you a new car for free. Wait, did you say she oh. only has three problems? Has only had three problems. There hasn't been one since. Oh my God. So Hold she gets on. two uh, more okay. problems. For, uh, forget about the crown for like the next <laughs> like 30 minutes. So she's documented three problems up until now, and she like has to document two more. Yeah. And then Jaguar will give her what a brand new car. Like, is it a fairly recent car to begin with? Yeah, yeah. It's a. It's like a at least like this year's model or like last year's model. So okay, so they'll give her a brand new one as long as uh, the car has logged five potentially life threatening issues. Yeah, no, the Lemon Law is bizarre because to me it's like it should be one. <laughs> And you get a new car. Okay. Well, just tell your mom to be careful, I guess. Will do. <laughs> yes. So I don't know what kind of car she was driving if it wasn't a Jaguar. Maybe other car companies also have this problem, but it was it, yeah, it was such a weird scene because then it also doesn't have like much consequence beyond that. So it's like you guys put your money into a car crash or not car crash, but like little car chase scene. I just verified the car is an Audi. So oh, okay. <laughs> oh, irrelevant. Whoa, okay. Ooh. Well, wait, 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 wait. You verified as in you also verified that this happened. Oh, no. I just looked in the episode. Oh, okay. And the car is an Audi. I don't know <laughs> that this happened or not. <laughs> yeah, that's against the rules, Sam. Put your phone down. So I was I was re I was skimming through the episode really quickly. Uh, because, because I didn't remember it being a Jaguar. Wait, wait, you literally went back and just watched a clip to try to identify the car? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's dedication. Hmm. Well, I, I felt will like never we had, watch this episode again. We had taken, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like we had taken enough time talking about it to like actually verify this fact. But yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think someone sabotaged her car. And if they did, it was probably Anne. Oh, no. <laughs> The other part of this is Dr. Khan. Let's talk about Dr. Khan and Diana. So uh, all of Diana's hours at the hospital pay off because 
She finally has an interaction with Dr. Khan. Yeah, they get a private vending machine date. What do you know? At midnight. Yeah, midnight lunch. So they're going to go to the movies. What movie does Dr. Khan want to see? He hasn't been to the movies in a very, very long time. Let's see. When did Apollo 13 come out? I thought you looked it up. 95? Oh, 19, 1995. But it came out uh, June 30th, 1995. Oh, sweet. I'm alive in this episode. Now we're, <laughs> now we're cooking. Me too. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Movies in June 1995. Okay. Oh, you're seeing what the other options would yes. have been? So, <laughs> yes. The other options included, it seems, perhaps, Batman Forever. Okay. Oh, okay. Which came out on June 16th. <laughs> they could have seen perhaps Pocahontas. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Which came out on June 23rd. They could have also perhaps seen Congo with Laura Linney. And they could have seen Judge Dredd. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Are, are, wait, are you looking just at movies that came out in June? I was looking at movies that came out in June, yeah. So, so here's the thing, like, Back then in, you know, like the mid 90s and earlier, like movies that came out would like stay in theaters for months mm -hmm. on end. So like you could expand this like, uh, you know, search to things that came out throughout really the entire like first half of the year. I mean, you want me to also look at July? They also could have seen Clueless. Which no, I feel well, like no, no, you, you'd be you earlier. Look at May. You, can't, you can't look at movies that haven't come out yet. No, but if it, it came out on June 30th. So... It would have extended into July, like but their window to see Apollo 13. We, we don't know when they're seeing it. They're, they could be seeing it opening weekend. No, but I'm saying if they had seen it in July, other movies would have come out in July that they also could have seen. If they're seeing it in July, we do not know when they're seeing it. <laughs> they could be seeing it in June during the opening weekend of Apollo 13. Okay, so I was just looking at other June movies. Well, look, no, no, no. Look at May movies. Look at April movies. Look oh at March God. movies. Okay. I'll just look at May movies. Oh, you look at hold May on. Movies. Hold on. That's when I was hold, on. I, hold on. I'm looking at 1995 in film on Wikipedia right now. Uh, I mean, this would have been a while back, like back in January, but they could have seen uh, Before Sunrise. They could have seen Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> they could have seen Billy Madison. <laughs> They Billy could Madison. have seen. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, let's see. I'm I'm in March now. Uh, oh no, God! Well, March is really just kind of like a dead oh, period. They could oh, have seen Braveheart. Bad Boys. Oh, Bad Boys! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, bad Boys. Uh, they could have seen a goofy movie. Uh, oh, that would have been a good choice. That's oh, a good one. They, oh, That's a good they one. could have seen Friday. I don't know what that is. Uh, Friday with, with Ice Cube. I was yeah, not there's, born there's yet. There's been three Friday you, movies, Carlin. <laughs> wait, wait. Have have either of you ever used the phrase "by Felicia"? Yes. Okay. Which is that's from where it's from. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. So cool. have you just been saying "by Felicia" without knowing the origin? Well, I just don't say it, but I've seen it and just kind of been like, okay. <laughs> Casper. Yeah, uh, like Sam said, Braveheart. Yeah. So there's so much they could be seeing. Yeah, so is Apollo, Apollo 13, 13 the right choice? I've never seen Apollo 13, so I don't know. Is it like an inspirational space movie? It's a Tom Hanks space movie. Uh, yeah. I guess so. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what? Okay, so Apollo 13 came out the same day as also Judge Dredd, and then also the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, maybe they should have seen the Power Rangers movie. I don't know. Now that Carlin said a goofy movie, that feels like the right choice. I, I feel like this is probably like a movie she saw with Harry. Uh, she probably saw Casper with Harry. 
Yeah, but when Diana goes to the movies, uh, she has to go incognito, uh, sunglasses, and a brunette wig. I thought it was a pretty I, good you know, costume. I guess. She kind of looked like a young Meryl Streep a little bit. She kind of did. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine just being mistaken for Meryl Streep and you're like... No, I'm Diana. Oh, that was close. <laughs> I'm someone even better. Yep. Um, so then they go back to Diana's house. And in what I think is flirting, question mark, Diana asks how Dr. Khan would do surgery on her. Yeah, that was flirting. That was 100% flirting. Which is a move. Look, luckily he's a heart surgeon, so it gets him to touch her chest. Like, he could have been some other kind of surgeon, and then it wouldn't have worked. And Diana Diana really wants, I feel, something to happen. But Dr. Khan is feeling a little bit awkward, and we learn that Dr. Khan has some confidence, some self-esteem issues, and, uh, you know, he sees himself as average, uh, socially inept. He's just like, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. And Diana's like... You put me on a pedestal, so... Yeah, but, like, this feels like what would really happen if a celebrity dated a true normie. So, like, I feel him. It probably would be... It'd be hard to separate your parasocial relationship from actually meeting the person. He's right. But also, go for it, dude. (laughs) Yeah. But I think it also helps that he is seemingly not royal obsessed. True. Like, I feel like if he were... He were kind of worshipping her from the get-go, it would probably be a very different dynamic the one thing that i did not get about this conversation is when diana calls him a frog which i feel like is not a move (laughs) (laughs) diana says i already had a prince and he broke my heart now i just want a frog to make me happy (laughs) don't call your suitor a frog a prince or a frog (laughs) those are the two two uh two genders don't do that but somehow it works and they make out All right, and then I was watching this with my wife. The last scene of the episode with Diana is uh, the Harvard sweatshirt and the bike shorts, which I learned is a an iconic look. Yes, it is the iconic look driving out. So does was she driving out of the palace? Like she goes to the pool at the palace. I was confused about that because it it looked like the palace. I did. I feel like I've seen that doorway many times. Yeah, but wait. The, so this is just something that she does on a weekday, like stop by the the pool at Buckingham. Well, yeah, she needs her free gym. <laughs> free gym membership. Wait, is there is there really a pool there? I'm sure there is. Perk of the job. Can we look that up? <laughs> oh, Ivan, I mean, that wasn't on your tour. I wish would have been way better. Well, was she at Buckingham or a different one? That's what we're confused about. Doesn't like, she live at that- Windsor? I thought she lived at... Uh... She lives at Kensington. Oh. Oh, Kensington. Oh, wait, hold on. So she lives at Kensington, but so does Margaret? Yeah. Isn't everyone just like put there? So they're just in different parts of Kensington? Like they have like separate re- like kind of apartments and residences in this larger palace? Yes. I assume so. Oh, that's weird. Well, because didn't Margaret mention that like that's her neighbor? Yes. Right. That's what I was confused about. I thought like Kensington was like, you know... It was like a lowercase p palace where it was just like, you know, a slightly large house. No, it's fairly large and it's a large estate as well, which I know is a point of contention because it's kind of like adjacent to a poorer neighborhood. But yeah, there's the the larger main building and then there's, you know, other other smaller buildings on the grounds as well. All right, let's uh, let's pivot a little bit to Diana's son, William, who is older now. He's going to eat in college, unlike his father before him. And I thought this was a fun callback. Uh, what's now gone on for three generations of uh, Windsor's going to school. We also learned that Elizabeth went to uh, Eton. Yeah, we knew that. Remember her tutoring episode? <laughs> but wait, was that like, 
but that that felt like a tutor coming to her. Like she made it sound like she actually attended Eaton. We got a few scenes of this, but it was all through. It was always through flashbacks. Like there were some very brief flashbacks to her time, her education in like the first couple seasons. So, so she did go like as a youth. I feel like she would go, but she went like straight to like her tutor's office or whatever. Like she didn't yeah. like go to, from class to class. Oh, okay. With everybody well, it's else. A boys' college. She can't do that. She's a girl. Yep. Well, was there not a not an equivalent school for her? I guess they didn't trust the girl college. <laughs> All right, so William, it's his time to go to Eaton. He's 13 now. Imagine going to school and people are just chasing your car <laughs> as you drive to school. That's crazy. Um, he gets there, you know, they pose for the photo outside. Then they get in and he has to sign in. Is that what's happening in that giant book? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the attendance ledger. Yeah, the attendance ledger. He makes a mistake, of course. <laughs> um, he signed in the wrong place, and he doesn't know what religion he is, um, <laughs> which leads to... In, in, in fairness, yeah. there's probably a lot of ways he could have answered that. Yeah, um, which leads to, of course, a public squabble, uh, a minor public squabble between Diana and Charles, uh, because Diana's smothering him. Mothering. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so William, we don't actually see that much of his experience at school. We don't get like a, you know, and I was the classic I was bullied montage, which it's I feel like is that he wasn't bullied. Well, yeah, it, it seems like he just had like uh, a really sort of like neutral to mediocre experience like there. Because like I, it like when uh, Diana asked him if he's made any friends and he answers one or two. That that felt real, you know, yeah. like that. That was like, a, you know, it's not like he's a complete like social outcast, but it's also not that he's like thriving and, you know, extremely popular. He's just like, yeah, I made one or two friends. And honestly, that was like almost his way of saying like, yeah, I've made some friends, but they kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has some potential friends on the waiting in the rafters room. Yep. Um, so the positioning of Eden College is such that if you look out the window, you can see what I think is Windsor. Is that right? I was very confused about that because it, it didn't look like Buckingham, but it was implied. I, it felt like Windsor to me just because of where it was like kind of like on a hill in what looked like a little bit more the country, not just like London. But then why, why would they like, uh, you know, identify that as where Elizabeth lives? Like she doesn't live at Windsor. She lives at all of her residences. <laughs> They're all hers. I thought Windsor was... Wait, wait, who who primarily resides in Windsor? The fire? The fire primarily oh. resides in <laughs> oh, wait, so what, oh, wait, so Eaton College is like out in the country. I thought it wasn't. I thought... Or maybe it is. I don't know. I haven't been to London Because Windsor kind of is, right? Is this... Does this fall into... Are we allowed to look this up? Uh, I'd rather not. Let's, let's just keep speculating. Okay. But they can see each other from the window if you squint you can see each other wave and um liz is like you know maybe i should invite my grandson over sometimes if that is allowed like lady you are the queen <laughs> what do you mean if it's allowed like if you tell somebody that you want to see your grandson no one's gonna be like uh no <laughs> i know like please have a connection with like a single member of your family <laughs> before William goes over for tea. Diana tells William to put in a good word. 
And then William, I feel like, completely botches this by saying, my mom wanted me to put in a good word. I know. <laughs> Never tell a 13-year-old to do something. Like, least subtle way to put in a good word. <laughs> I actually felt that it was, like, particularly effective. <laughs> you think so? Because afterwards, Liz goes back to Margaret and is like, our friend, the, uh, wait, what does she say? Oh, my God. The illustrious one. Ah, okay, here we go. Yes. The troublesome one. The illustrious one. The slightly unstable one. Right, right. So I don't know if the good word worked. Definitely not. They, they already had their minds made about what she was, unfortunately. No one good word from William could do it. Yep. Yeah, and the other thing I was kind of confused by, and maybe this is kind of a good way to like wrap it up, but like, what what exactly is the nature of... Uh, of the relationship between Diana and the the center of the royal family right now, because she, you know, it has presumably sort of stepped away, but at the same time, she is, you know, lamenting about the fact that she hardly ever sees the queen anymore and that she doesn't really get the time of day. Is there an expectation that she should be seeing the queen quite a bit now? Did she ever see the queen? Yeah, no. I, I feel like she's never gotten to do that. So she's just mad about the entire time. Yeah, Liz is definitely blowing smoke in William's face because he's a child. Yeah. <laughs> like, Liz is like, she can come visit any time, but we know that that's not true. Yeah, that's that's never, that's not even true for, like, Philip, probably. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, probably not. But yeah, she asks Margaret, like, what's Diana's deal? Like, I feel like they're all suspicious of her, and I think that's kind of the theme of the episode is that, you know, they don't know if they can trust her. And I think on the flip side, Diana definitely does not trust them. And Margaret is like, you know, I relate to how she must feel as someone with a personality, but <laughs> I don't interact with her, actually. So this episode, uh, you know, definitely doesn't really, like, tie anything up by the end of it. So I think I think uh, it seems like we're headed into our second uh, kind of de facto two-parter. It does seem that way, yeah. Yep, it's true. It does feel like Dr. Khan... I think we've had many guest stars who are like, are they going to show up again? Um, Dr. Khan has to show up at least one more time. I, I'd hope so. I mean, you could argue that a lot of the people in Diana's life, uh, you know, you, you we kind of found ourselves saying, why hasn't this person shown up before at least one more time? I guess that brings me to my next question. It's now been four episodes since we met Dodi Al-Fayed. That feels so random now. <laughs> Will he come back in the next yeah, three like, what is that? episodes? We'll see. <laughs> like, why, why, did we, why did we spend a whole episode on that? They really did space these out weirdly. Okay, anything that we missed here, uh, any big picture stuff we missed on The Crown, season five, episode seven, No Woman's Land. Um, I mean, I did think it was like notably very cute when... Liz and William were interacting because like you just never get the sense that like she's an actual grandma. So it's kind of nice to be like, oh, yeah, she is. It feels like she has a closer relationship with William based on five minutes, not even than any of her actual children. I know. <laughs> well, I guess because William hasn't disappointed her yet. Yeah. Also, William was just devouring those scones. Like <laughs> he just like even made it a point to say so good. <laughs> I guess they don't feed him at Eaton. It's a. It's a problem. <laughs> William says the big boys are huge. <laughs> this cool shop sells razor blades. It sounds like a prison. Oh, is this that a was a thing. Why, why do they need razor blades <laughs> at Eaton College? Does anyone know? 
Wait. For puberty. Did you like Liz trying to explain puberty to William? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Carlin, is that wait, is that a serious question? Wait. Oh, for shaving. I honestly was imagining like a knife. Carlin was just oh. imagining these kids shanking each other between classes. Try <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I really did imagine the wrong thing the entire time watching that episode. Now I understand. I guess I just picture like an actual razor. Do you need to go back and rewatch the episode now? No, that, you, that you're was gonna the see only thing. Light? Now that oh I God. am not imagining children at Eaton just all getting a pocket knife when they arrive. That wow. that's the school that Philip went to. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they get to shave with. It's just a real knife. I razor blades seem too dangerous. Do you think they still do that, or they're like, no, you get a you get a little handheld razor, the little disposable ones. <laughs> they can just go to the store, can't they? There's so many like drugstores around. I just don't understand giving a child like something like I'm sorry. I know razor blades are small, but like they could be weapons. They they are supposedly like the the closest way to shave. Even oh, even still in, in 2022, almost 2023, I don't know when we're dropping this episode. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, like straight blade purists will tell you that like, yeah, just getting like a classic, uh, you know, razor and putting a blade into it is the way to go. Get out of here, Gillette Mach 3 Turbo. I guess. I just imagine it being so difficult, but like, I guess maybe. I, sure. Sam, what do you shave with? Uh, I have a supply razor. It's a single blade, um, a single blade razor. Okay, so so you're doing it the old fashioned way, kind of. But it's like it's basically ergonomically, it's like a you know a regular razor, but it just has one blade inside of it that you. you oh, I see. In. Yeah, it's not like a switchblade. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. On that note. On that note, let's pivot to <laughs> our weekly events, the Kinky Crown Awards. If you're just joining us for the first time, this award uh, has recently been restructured. Carlin and I will both submit our nominee for the Kinky Crown Award. As we know, Netflix has been known to have some kinky moments, although in recent seasons of The Crown, those have been far and in between. But we keep this going for a reason that we don't really know why, and Ivan will judge the two nominees. Carlin, what is your nominee for this week's Kinky Crown Award? Okay, so specifically, it's a moment where Dr. Khan and Diana are in the like little vending machine waiting room area. And Dr. Khan is like, I love junk food. And Diana looks at him and goes, that's unexpectedly sexy. That was a good one. I mean, I think that mine is also a Diana and um, <laughs> a Diana and oh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not a Martin Bashir moment. <laughs> no, it's the Diana and uh, Dr. Khan moment. It's uh, definitely when... Her acupuncturist friend is freaking out, and she's like, but did you see that guy's hands? <laughs> that was a great one. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Mm. So it's the hands versus the junk food. I yeah, think what's kinkier, I'm... Ivan? Hands or junk food? <laughs> well, honestly, like, you are both wrong. Like, there, there was one moment in this episode, but... Uh... What? Yeah, Are you gonna I'm gonna tell us it, what it was first. Yeah, so the moment when uh, Doctor Khan is like, you know, bolting out of there because he's insecure and doesn't have the confidence to do, you know, what he de- needs to do, like the moment in the couch where he's like sort of shifting and you know getting ready to just sort of run for the hills, that was like totally a moment of him just trying to like diffuse like an erection, like. He was like clearly 
just getting worked up by uh, Diana's advances and just being like, ooh, ooh, like, what do I do? I, I, this is too much. I got to get out of here. Like, he was, he was overstimulated sexually. But I'll give it to the junk food. Yay. That, I didn't notice that moment. Wow, Ivan. <laughs> Ivan, how many times did you watch this episode? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's give the listeners a, a peek behind the curtain here. Uh, so Carlin and I have watched this entire season when it dropped and then have been re-watching it uh, as we go along and uh, recapping these episodes. So this is my second time. Okay. This was my first time. I still have not finished the season. So right. uh, this is my first time watching this episode. So Ivan, you had more of an opportunity on the second time to notice the fidgeting on the couch. I noticed it on the first watch. <laughs> All right. Um, well, on that note, I think that uh, we, can, we can wrap this one up and we'll be back next week to talk about season five, episode eight of The Crown. The title of that one is Gunpowder. In that episode, the queen spends quality time with Prince William. And on Guy Fox night, fireworks make for a perfect distraction from Diana's BBC interview. So perhaps this is metaphorical gunpowder. And uh, perhaps this is where the crown meets V for Vendetta. So that's always fun. <laughs> and it's the, the same director as this episode. So it looks like this will indeed be the two-parter that we wanted to see. Yes. Nice. Um, all right. Ivan, if people want to catch up with you on social media or anywhere about the crown, where can they do that? Uh, let's see. Does uh, Panorama have a Twitter handle? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't even know if that division up. is I'm still. I'm going to look it up. All right. Carlin, what about you? Uh, I guess still Twitter at Carlin Greenwald, Instagram at Carlin underscore GEE. At BBC Panorama. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, and you can find me at Sir Sam Chung, but the best place to reach all of us is on Twitter at Crown Around Pod. And that's all we've got for you. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. And God save the Queen. God save, God the, save queen. the Queen.